what what is going on everybody we are live with episode 23 of the scope i am joined by my co-host buffner gaming how's it going man good good how you doing hey to chat everybody we got a pretty good episode today i'm pretty pretty pumped a lot of topics we have we have a lot of stuff to talk about nothing like major and big but there's a lot of stuff mixed around in here to talk about uh like you guys can see i didn't have room to put chat q a but if we do have time for that at the end as always love to have you uh shout out to the podcast listener this show is if you didn't know also on podcast apps my guy always downloads it every week i love him um, then we also have, um, the chat is on the screen for you guys. That is for you guys to talk and join the conversation. If you guys are watching this back as a VOD, I want people to be able to see what you guys were talking about. So chat is important to us. We love to hear from you guys as the show's going on. We might not always respond to it. We definitely read it guides the conversation and, uh, love to have you. We have lots of stuff to talk about today and a little bit of con controversy also to get to a little bit later. And, uh, there might be, uh, there might be some bad journalism out there. Might have to call out call out some bad journalism out there. Uh -oh. It's gonna get it's gonna get spicy. Uh so yeah. Me and uh me and Buff had some good games over the weekend, man. That was fun. Playing some rebirth. We did. We got a lot of a lot of wins. <laughs> it was uh I was telling you offline, it's like some of the most wins usually in a play session for a rebirth. It's like my lobbies. You know, the, the people out there that typically play with me know my lobbies get really, really tough. But for whatever reason, we were all clicking really well. We got a bunch of wins. Yeah, it was it was really a lot of fun. Um, definitely had a good time. Do I have the chat turned off? Why is it not working? Uh oh. I just talk about the chat and then oh wait, <laughs> and then it's not there. And then it doesn't work. I love it. All right, that's tough. great. Cool. It's my production team's fault. I'll fire him. Yeah. um yeah so the first thing yeah we had we had an amazing time playing rebirth it was a lot of fun this weekend there was bourbon beers rebirth and then um we also had i hope it starts working sometimes it, it starts working um then we also had um a game this clip is out there in the wild and it's gonna resurface buff had an amazing clutch and the last guy he punched to death with his ram seven <laughs> right in the face oh yeah so that that clip's gonna that's clip's gonna get out there trust me uh, i'm excited to see it because i didn't record <laughs> it so and then and then also has my reaction on there like freaking out so so that's yeah, good. That, was, that was crazy i'm excited I'm excited when it pops up because that dude was doing that that crazy high-end warzone cod movement and uh <laughs> the bullets weren't connecting so i <laughs> i had to beat his face in nice he just punched him to death. The guy's like, it was so funny because the guy's like all hopping around, all cool, crouch sliding and be hopping and Buff's just like, no, dude. I wonder if he was playing with me. You think he was messing with me and I then it just backfired on him? There's a good chance he was trying to cheese, cheese you a little bit and then he uh, just punched him in the face. Man, that's a bummer for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Trying to show off. It was awesome. Um, yeah. yeah, so throughout the show, I guess I'm going to try to figure out why the chat that I just shouted out is not working. So I'll... Uh, work on that but the first thing <laughs> we were going to talk about is uh ea ceo pay dropped by around 20 million last year we could all have a moment of silence for andrew wilson uh <laughs> because he is only going to make around 20 million this year and i hope i hope how's I hope he gonna it, survive man i don't how's, know dude i hope it geez. can keep it i hope it can keep him off the streets i, yeah, I don't know it's gonna be tough it is gonna be tough i don't know um so then the other thing about that is <laughs> This is, I, 
I don't know. I don't think many people watch this or listen to this anyway. So uh, we can, I guess we can throw a little bit of shade, but there, there's a little bit of weird, weird journalism going on out there. Right? Around here, we like good journalism, okay? We ask the right questions. We get to the bottom of things. That's what we do. But I saw people putting, so, and you mentioned this too. You saw where it was quoted as saying like um, the, how did it say? The success was, of FIFA and in Apex was offset by the failure of 2042. So financially, um, they just all the all the earnings from those FIFA from FIFA and Apex were <laughs> the poor sales of 2042 and everything they had planned for microtransactions. That you know that's a huge loss. We we don't have specifics as to the what that looks like in the background for the financials, but that's what I saw quoted. Yeah, so it makes sense. You know, Battlefield's always been a huge title for them and. It's been a couple of years since we had one and it bombed that bad. So, yeah. And, and with that, um, also I thought that sounded familiar. So I went to go look that up and that's actually what they said in their earnings call. So mm. it wasn't necessarily exactly tied to this. Mm. What actually happened. See, that's why, that's why we're getting bombing this. So we look at their actual sec filing and it was a shareholders vote to cut pay and what is interesting about it is if you uh look at the article my face is going to get blasted when my screen turns right white but um yeah it was for the fiscal year 2022 we'll they it was more about i'm trying to think axios were the ones that brought this up they've they've been they've targeted large corporations where there's a massive pay gap between ceo and players mm -hmm. so this yeah. is kind of a whole thing that's been moving through the industry and being talked about and it prompted uh, a shareholders vote and they voted to pull down his pay a little bit which is kind of interesting his base salary is around 1.3 million so that 20 or 39 million last year are just bonuses here you go but mm -hmm. kind of stuff personally like that's a ridiculous amount of money and if any way this is tied to battlefield like that would make me internally happy because i don't <laughs> really, i don't really like it very well yeah, yeah. uh but at the same time it, there's a little bit of weird like misleading stuff going on out there in my opinion after i did some research into it because mm -hmm. you could directly see it though being uh related to battlefield 2042 and also it kind of shed some light on why they are trying to get solely for uh several times um, that they're trying to they're looking for a merger or they're looking for a buyout so it's it's kind of interesting that that's also uh, being talked about as well yeah and i wonder how long that that merger or buyout has been you know floating around before we heard about it if, if that's something that whether it's tied directly to uh the poor launch of battlefield or if it's maybe completely unrelated but to your point of the the pay gap between the ceo and especially all the bonuses versus you know, the development teams and things like that. That's been something that's been going on for a few years in the gaming industry specifically. I, I think we've heard a lot about that on and off. And if you look at just CEO salary and bonuses in general across any industry, there's always a huge discrepancy. So um, that's nothing new. I mean, what was he making before? It was probably like, what, 30 to 40 million, which is just insane. I mean, and you look at all the CEOs <laughs> yeah. make a stupid amount. And then, you know, when you get to the development teams who are doing all of the work, you know, they're, they're not making nearly that, that much. So it's like, where's the distribution of, of the wealth, especially you have the guys that are grinding every day doing the coding. Um, maybe if they were paid more, we, <laughs> we would get a better battlefield. <laughs>
Yeah, exactly. I think I got the chat working. Um, also, the that's yeah, like you said, that's a pretty common thing around like Fortune 500 companies. That's kind of how it mm -hmm. works. But I totally agree with you that it's something that could and should be talked about. the the CEO The CEO should make more money, right? They have a lot more stuff going on. They've put in the work to get there. I have a little bit probably more libertarian view of things, like just kind of let people go how they want to. But at the point where it gets so offset, where the products start being affected, and you're just lining people's pockets with a ridiculous amount of money, that might be time for like some internal reflection at EA to say, yeah, maybe we should, would those resources have gone better to maybe make 2042 a better, more polished game? That's a good question. Right. And I'm just thinking the thing that comes to mind with this is, you know, not even related to EA, but but Activision. Right. I mean, we have heard a lot about the same situations with the CEO of Activision and uh, specifically like Treyarch and Raven dev teams and QA teams um, with the poor pay versus, again, the CEO level pay, which is insane. So. Um, that's been something I, I think we haven't heard that as much on the EA side and, and Dice and things like those companies as much as we have on the Activision side. But like you said, it's something that's very prevalent within the within not only this industry, but every industry. So um, that's something to keep an eye on. I'm, I'm curious if if that sale and merger is something that will end up happening soon and uh, what the pay distribution is going to look like, you know, maybe five months to a year down the road with all of us. Yeah, the the last we talked about that, it's been a few weeks ago since those rumors came out that EA was seeking to get bought or sold. It almost, it, it seemed like they were asking for a lot. And this is based on kind of like inside sources in the financial division on the board mm -hmm. talking about it to somebody uh, from Forbes, I believe. They were saying um, that they wanted e, uh, Andrew Wilson to remain CEO. So it was kind of more like a takeover, but they want, it was weird. They wanted to get bought out and the, the companies they listed were all like media companies. It was like NBC, Universal, Disney. Um, they were all kind of media companies. Was it Amazon in there too? Am I yeah. crazy? Yeah, I okay. think probably so. It was it was weird because it wasn't any like traditional like game, like Sony. We think, you know, Sony to Microsoft, like the big right. gaming companies. It wasn't those. It was, mm. it was, it just seemed a little bit like different, but right. it was, I thought it was definitely worth talking about the E, the his pay cut and how people kind of try to tie it to battlefield 2042 while it definitely could have been linked to that there it's very possible uh that mm -hmm. wasn't the exact reason given if you read the sec filing it was based off of uh shareholders uh shareholders vote after being brought to their attention by another a third party yeah um, it, how big i would i would agree was. with that i would agree with that too i think that maybe battlefield might have been a very small uh contributor to that but as far as the overall decision i i i would doubt one poor performance of a title had that you know is going to be a pay cut for a ceo so I, I would agree right and then in this in this article uh by game uh game spot i almost said GameStop. Uh, <laughs> i did GameSpot, that all the time uh, they talked about how uh, EA also like their uh, employees are traditionally under like the median income for their region. Um, so they kind of pay, pay them less. So it's definitely something that should be talked about um, again. And I think, you know, where I go on my, my business libertarian type views is, Hey man, if it's so 
aggressively skewed for the CEO that it starts affecting games and starts affecting mm-hmm. the image of your company and your employees' well-being, it's time to take a look at it. And it looks like mm-hmm. they did, so we'll we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you know, and I'm curious if this uh, you just brought up. You know, they're they're paid under the median under what is it the average you said for the region. I'm curious if you know maybe that's because we look at the battlefield specifically the dice team today is different than the dice team from battlefield four battlefield three did a lot of those and we saw a lot of people roll out after 2042 launched i'm curious if the maybe there's the poor pay and working conditions um you know as a developer you're working crazy hours anything it related is usually a 24 7 on-call type job anyways so um, I'm curious if that pay distribution and the poor poor payment to the development teams who are working on these games night and day had something to do with us having a completely different dice team today than we did in in the glory days. Well, at least what I would call the glory days of Battlefield, which was was three and four in my mind. And I don't think we really have like what Lars is the only only prominent name that I can think of off the top of my head that's still around. But you don't really see any of those guys from Battlefield 3 and 4 days, unfortunately. And I'm curious if that had something to do with it. Yeah, there was actually like one map designer. When I helped Tom Henderson crunch those numbers on the employees, uh, it was like (laughs) it was like one designer who had been there for like 15 years and everybody else started when Battlefield 5 was like already launched. I remember that. Yeah. Okay. so that's that's good information. That's not good (laughs) at all. (laughs) That's good journalism. Uh, So. The uh, that speaking of bad journalism, I just messed up. That information came from the Kotaku article, I just found it. Ah, okay. Um, they actually spoke to a laid off customer service rep. I could pull this back up on screen so you guys can see it and my production team get their get their crap together again. Justin with the 999 super chat, thank you so much, dude. I really, really appreciate that. He says only 17 weeks left until Modern Warfare 2. That if it doesn't sound that bad if you put it that way, um, but right yeah, around dude, the corner. <laughs> thank you so much man that's really incredibly kind of you thank you for the super chat um so back to this article okay i think i have it going um yep kataki talked to one of the recently laid off customer service reps who wished to remain anonymous because they did not want to be seen criticizing a former employer as they hunt for new work uh they told kataki they made only 15 dollars an hour after the most recent annual raise of just 10 cents they and other staff located at ea austin had complained about being forced to commute into the office while also dealing with poor pay. Uh, An MIT study estimated the living wage for the Austin, Texas area to be 17.46. So they were $2.46 under the estimated just living wage. Uh, But EA would rebuff requests for raise, uh, saying it was already paying market prices. Uh, They said, quote, EA does not compensate for cost of living. We base our compensation ranges on market data for what similar roles are paid for in geography and make adjustments as necessary. One HR rep told Austin staff last November in the company Slack. Uh, Based on screenshots shared with Kotaku, the company used a similar line when someone asked why EA's rates still seem to lag behind the median range for other technical support roles in the city based on data provided by recruiting sites like Glassdoor. EA did not respond to requests for comments. So you have... Uh, it looks like three separate sources, Glassdoor, an HR rep, and the former HR rep um, that all say that it's below like minimum livable wage, which is which is pretty crazy. Yeah, that's actually really disappointing to hear because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the IT industry myself. Um, 
I've been a developer. I, you know, I've done, I've done, done all those roles. Um, that's, it kind of makes you, that's where I think I'm, I'm definitely guilty of it too, is like criticizing the development teams on, on Twitter, just cause you know, that's who else are we supposed to, you know, at our responses and feedback at, but ultimately, I mean, can you blame them for delivering a product? All the, especially with a live service, that the world of live service that we're in now, if you're not paying these developers enough to provide said live service, you know, that goes to the company itself, not the development team or the development company. Um, if you look at like Raven, you know, all these guys are under Activision. And if you look at Dice, they're under EA, right? So that needs, that needs to be something that changes within the industry, um, not just the gaming industry, but industry in general. But that, that would be my, I would say, We've seen a decline in gaming or quality of gaming products, right? That have been delivered probably the past six years ish, I would say. You could even extend that time period a little bit. I'm betting that that pay issue or discrepancy has a lot to do with it. Because if you're not getting yeah. paid that much, why would you be busting your butt 24 7 if you're not getting compensated for it and you can't even afford? groceries right i mean what, exactly. what's, the, what's the pto look like paid time off for those development teams when you're crunching in on a delivery cycle probably can't exactly. take much time off yeah can you can you imagine like how demotivating that would be especially given how much money these microtransactions mm -hmm. make so like mm -hmm. you're getting paid less than median income for your area and the thing that you're working on is generating your company literally billions of dollars Right. So and like, meanwhile, your CEO is making $40 million, including kickbacks. Um, how's that fair? Right. I would, I'd probably quit my job too and, and move to a different company. Yeah. It's not, it wouldn't be very motivating, but I, I feel like we would get some awesome live service content if the developers got to cut off the revenue from it because it, they make a lot of money. How much? Uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, you guys can go look at it. What's whatever we hear these tweets and see it and published a lot. You know what Call of Duty is making just monthly or quarterly off live service from Call of Duty Warzone alone, and then you have like mobile is like a stupid amount. What Apex is making from EA is a stupid amount of money each month. So where's that money going in the, in the age of live service? And I'm curious. Back when we had like the premium in a DLC uh, where you would buy each DLC, did that money go to the dev teams mainly? How did that split go? Because we were getting, in my mind, we were getting better products back when we were paying for DLCs, right? So yep. I'm curious what Agreed. what the distribution looked like then versus now with live service, because you're making way more money now with live service than you were back then, I would imagine, right? So is the distribution of that money completely different? It, I would I would guess it is. Yeah. Uh, I just Googled it real quick. Shout out production team. Uh, Activision made $4.8 billion from microtransactions in 2020. 2020 numbers were published in February 2021. So that's I'm insane. sure that's gone up. So that's around insane, yeah. $5 billion. Give some of that back wow. to the developers. Keep them motivated, yeah. I say. Yeah, I'm, I would wonder... You can probably find it somewhere on Glassdoor. Like, what if you're a developer for Call of Duty or Battlefield, like, what does your end-of-year bonus look like? And then compare that to the CEO. CEO is probably like 15 mil, right? And yours is a developer on Battlefield or Call of Duty, maybe 10,000 yeah. before taxes, maybe, right? Maybe, yeah. I don't know. And then your CEO is making millions. How does that make you feel, right? Exactly. It's pretty so, bad. Yeah, that's getting into the weeds a little bit. 
on the on the CEO pay cut, but I just saw I saw two things. I saw not a lot of people talking about it, and the mm-hmm. stuff I saw talking about it kind of related it directly to Battlefield. And when I did my research, I didn't see that that mm-hmm. connection. So I wanted to, yeah. yeah wanted to talk about it a little bit, but we can move on to something a little more positive. Um, I have the article uh, pulled up by uh, Ralph about uh, the Modern Warfare 2 movement. And then we can also, I also yeah. have uh, an article from Deserto that shows a lot of the maps. I think you were talking about that too. Sweet, um, yep. So we can get into the movement mechanics of Modern Warfare 2, which sound incredibly different. Um, mm-hmm. Again, guys, just, just a little disclaimer as we talk about this stuff. Um, some of these things might not necessarily make it into the game. Like mm-hmm. the, things change, things get cut last minute. I learned that the hard way with Battlefield 2042. So I just wanted to say that this is what is going on now. Ralph has been incredibly accurate, though, thus far. He, I mean, days ahead of time, he says this is when they're going to drop the trailers and this is what's going to be in the trailers. This is how long the trailer is, and that's exactly how it is. So he definitely has connections. So this is likely what's in the game at the time he got his information. So right. we'll definitely talk about it a little bit here. Scrolling down. Uh, movement. They talk about ladders and ropes. What's your What's your opinion on that? You uh, Buff had a really good video on this stuff. I watched all of it, talking about the different movement types. So if you guys want a quick in depth, it's kind of it's quick but in depth rundown of all the movement stuff. Mm-hmm. You can check out his channel as well. But what do you What do you think of the ladders and ropes thing? I love the ladder. Um, I think that's really cool. And someone commented on my video about the um, uh, the townhouse mission from Modern Warfare 2019's campaign. I always forget the name of that mission, but in that mission. One of the SES soldiers has one of those collapsible ladders that they use, and they you I think you climb it and go up through like the kitchen window, right? So I'm curious if it's going to be. Someone pointed out. I wonder if it's going to be exactly like we saw in that campaign mission. I think that's a great idea. Um, obviously you won't be able to scale, you know, 70 foot buildings with it, but it could be a cool field upgrade to have in certain situations, especially when we look at Warzone 2. The ropes I think is also pretty cool, but. Uh, you can see if you if you guys jump over and read that article, uh, there's something there about you can like hook someone up to a rope and, and hook it to a car or something. So someone uh, pointed out like, what if you get down and someone just like hooks a rope to you and hooks it to a vehicle and you just go flying away from your team? So it depends on how they balance those, but I, I think they I think it's gonna allow for some some fun moments for sure, no matter what they there's- do. There's like a lot of things in here that make me think that Call of Duty is gonna do Battlefield better than Battlefield did, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, this is also going to be interesting for rappelling down. There's a lot of similarities I see between this and Rainbow Six Siege. I'm glad you said that because that I love the rappelling in Rainbow Six Siege. I love that. So if, if there's going to be something similar to that, you can flip positions. Just imagine certain destroy. You planted a bomb and like you're upside down and come through, peek the window and shoot a guy. I mean, that's peak content right there. I love yeah. that part of Siege. It's that's so exactly what you do in Siege, right? Like if, yeah. you, if you can get the, uh, the diffuser planted inside a window, then repel upside down and look through the window mm-hmm. when they try to diffuse it, you got them. Yeah. Um, it. Yeah, it says uh, you'd be able to repel down and scale up buildings with this tool. Whilst repelling, players can also swing through windows. That's just like mm-hmm. Siege. Just like Siege, or yeah. into collapsed walls. You can also attach the rope to vehicles and players, not like Siege. Um, allowing for quick getaway for down players yeah so it said like a down player can hook you can hook him up to a jeep and drive off and drag oh my gosh that's gonna be that might be some rage moments on my end yeah and i guess i guess there could be the possibility where some of this stuff would be in campaign and it wouldn't make it in a multiplayer it wouldn't be in certain modes i guess Mm -hmm. um and then with the ladders right you can just vertically position along like you can climb up walls walls and stuff 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, these, I, I'm pumped for those. I, and I like the Siege reference. That's kind of, especially those Siege type modes that we're hearing about, right? I think that's going to be yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, I really hope those come to fruition. I'm going to keep my expectations tempered for now. Uh, <laughs> but it sounds really cool. I, I love Siege. We're going to talk about Siege just a little bit at the end of the show with their new season and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I love that game. Um, and it's really cool to see some of that maybe come into Call of Duty. And like... So I always look at glass half full, like best case scenario with these types of modes is if they give something as deep and complex and rewarding as Siege, but a little bit more accessible, right? Like Siege is like, if you if you go to learn Siege right now, it's going to suck. It's an incredible <laughs> learning curve and you're right. going to get your ass kicked for several months before you start having success. If they could find something where people could make those sorts of really cool only in Siege moments, but make it a lot more accessible like Call of Duty usually does. Um, I think I think it could be really cool, and that would be like best case scenario for some of these mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is shifting and strafing. Yeah. Um, and so those first two are field upgrades, if I'm not mistaken. And then uh, shifting and strafing lets you move sideways in any direction as well as backwards. Uh, say you get too close to a threat, you turn a corner where you're at disadvantage. You can shift out of the area to clear some space to get a better view of your options and surroundings. Is that like a slide? I'm confused as to what that is. It sounds to me, the way I interpreted it was the strafing. It sounds almost like I, I, I didn't see too much because we can strafe right now, right? Side to side. But I'm curious if it's more of like a shuffle, like, you know, like in basketball, if you're in defense and you're shuffling quickly like that. But the other thing there was it sounded like a pivot, right? And I that the one thing I think of is Tarkov. You can there's different movement mechanics when you're like I can pivot into a doorway, you know what I mean? So I'm curious if there's gonna be some sort of mechanic there where you can you can pivot around a corner almost and then pivot back something along those lines. It's kind of what I'm imagining when I read that. It's interesting. Uh players will be able to wall climb, vertically clamber up walls as features determined by the height of the platform you're trying to reach a mount. So I'm guessing it'll be similar to Apex, but not quite as extreme, right? Like you see a pretty tall wall and you can just kind of climb up at Apex, you can climb up like buildings and stuff, like just clamoring, clamoring, I guess is the word. Yeah. Word of the I was, day. I was wondering if they were gonna have kind of um Call of Duty Ghosts in a campaign, you had like those suck, those big suction cups, and you would were suction cupping your way up one of the buildings. I thought, and some one of the COD uh, campaigns from one of these games, I get them confused. But I'm curious if it's something like that, or if it's more of just a more robust um, mantling system, or if they'll have some field upgrade where you can like scale some smaller walls. Right, we'll have to see. Yeah. Um. That'll be good because sometimes like having tiny walls that you can't jump over is just frustrating. If you can move around the map easier, I think that's probably a good thing. Yeah, uh, You'll be able to hang off and grab onto ledges, ledge hanging, Call of Duty's newest mechanic that allows players to reach for impracticable platforms. Is that a- also Dude, that, reduces... That, that word bloom, tongue twisted me hardcore when I was recording <laughs> my video and had to like retake and cut that out. But yeah, that... We talked about that a little bit last time, and I, I like that. It sounds sounds good, and again, it allows you to like. There's some talk about peeking with your pistol, so it could it could add some uh, some cool moments for some of those those unique game modes for sure. I think that'll yeah, that'll be pretty cool, and that'll make some cool clips if you're hanging off of a ledge or something. And even yeah. like you talked about, like the search and destroy in hostage mode. Maybe if like you're hanging off a ledge outside a window and you have your sidearm watching the diffuser, it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, that'd be that'd be um, a lot of fun. 
Yeah, my my brain's probably going a little crazier than it should right now, but that's whatever. Well, they I think some of the guys that even saw the footage said that that's something you can do as of what they were shown and talked talked to about. That may have changed, but they said they were playing around with with you being able to hang and use your pistol at the moment. So I'll have to see if that is something that stays or if they just make it so you can ledge hang and can't use your pistol. But I would I would assume they would allow you to. That's pretty cool. Um sliding has been revised which i think is good we'll see if mm-hmm. it's for the better uh, allowing for players to now slide into a prone position as well as down angled inclines and slopes uh the down angled inclines and slopes i get like right now if yeah. you slide down it makes your gun raise up it's incredibly annoying but mm-hmm. i just hope sliding's toned down a little bit i don't know if it will be um played a lot of rebirth this weekend and i probably wore out my seat key just constantly sliding <laughs> Yeah, I really, I would really like to see some sort of cooldown mechanic at some point because with, with the super sprint, we had, you know, you're not supposed to be a super sprint all the time. There's a cooldown mechanic, but that can be countered with the slide and then right back into it. So I would like to see some sort of cooldown, um, kind of like an energy system like we see in Tarkov. Obviously, not as complex, but I, I just, I really hate especially with the new serpentine perk that they added. I hate the the sliding sprint slide sprint slide. It just it it really I think it just takes you out of gunfights. I want it, I want the game to be more gun gunfight focused and I feel like we're so far away from just what used to be good gunfights within the game and they and they're going the wrong direction. So I hope that's something that they they keep in mind with this and keep it more oriented towards being able to have gunfights and not, you know, bunny super move out of out of an area like the like you're the flash or something right <laughs> yeah it, it is really silly like it looks silly like people just sliding around everywhere on the streets and stuff like i don't yeah. know at the same time i do totally understand there is a skill gap there right like if you're really good with the movement that's something mm-hmm. you learned and like you're there, yeah it's good for you but but also i mean sliding was only introduced in cod ghosts and you know i've been playing cod for I think I think we I did a comment somewhere on Twitter the other day, like 19 years or something like that on and off. And there never used to be sliding, especially in the OG Modern Warfare. So um, is it is it a good feature? I think so. But it needs to be a little bit more controlled in my mind because people we were doing crazy stuff back in the day without sliding and there was still a skill gap there. So um, I, I'd like to see it toned down a bit. Just make it like Battlefield 5. <laughs> I actually played Battlefield 5 this afternoon. It was awesome. There you go. Uh, um, bunny hopping is dependent on the height of a player falls from. The greater the height, the more speed boost you will gain onto your bunny mm-hmm. hop. So that sounds kind of tight and fall apex as well. Yeah. I bet it won't be. It won't be. It shouldn't be that severe. No. Um, the quick sidearm draw for hip fire feature that allows you to quickly Ooh. switch to your sidearm with one hand. This can also be done with lethals. Yep. I want this in Tarkov. I want I, this in Tarkov because I bet they'll add it now too, right? If COD's doing something that they don't have, I bet. It's man, I hope so them. because it makes so much sense in Tarkov. Because right now in Tarkov, pistols are like they're—you don't use them for anything. They're—they're they're right. almost useless. If mm-hmm. you—if you have a jam or if you run out of ammo, and you, by the time you switch your pistol, you're probably you're toast. Yeah. Dead, yeah. The only time people use pistols in Tarkov is if they're like memeing around or doing it for a challenge. Right. So like this, <laughs> if if you had it to where in Tarkov, if you had like a jam or if you ran out of ammo, you would have an increased speed on pulling out your sidearm, and you could mm-hmm. you could just 
you know, point shoot it would, would did be you see, so cool. Did you see what the animation looks like yet, by chance? What was it on your video? No, I, cu I couldn't show it. I, right. saw it I saw it after I, I pu published the video, but um, COD Mobile is like, there's a lot of things in, in not COD Mobile, uh, War the mobile version of Warzone that's coming that's, that's going to be tied to Warzone 2. Um, so someone did send me the the Warzone mobile version of that. And basically what it is, is you'll have your gun. Okay, I'm shooting. And then, you know, if you're on a sling, right, you're going to just let it go on your sling. So your gun will be to your side and you'll quick draw your pistol, whether it's out, whether, whether it's out of your, your chest rig or on your side. So you'll, you'll still have your gun up, but it's still on sling and you're holding the barrel with one hand and you'll quick draw the pistol and point you so that'll it'll be it i love the way it looked and again like you said how useful would that be in tarkov but especially in warzone right like who uses pistols in warzone unless you're right off the bat and in a lot of situations same thing but the time you switch weapons um if you could just if you run dry same situation you mentioned in tarkov just being able to pull out your pistol quickly especially if it, like if if that perk allows it to be on your rig and you're dry pull it out of your rig point shoot I think that's an awesome feature. I'm really pumped for that. Yeah, that's really cool. I hope that catches on because if you think about it, it's a really great way to make pistols viable. I'm mm -hmm. not talking about dual Diamatis or dual Psychops, but I mean like <laughs> right, make it right. to where it actually kind of makes sense to maybe carry around like a 1911 just because, you know, there's the higher damage of the 45 ACP. Like right. if you get somebody close and one or two hits from that and you finish them off. So I, I think that's a really, I, I really, really like that. Um, I love it. Yeah. The suppressor meter is really interesting. Uh, you can change the size of suppressors and depending on the size, it'll affect recoil damage and ranges. There'll exist a meter that players will be able to mess with and find their balance. When we initially talked about um, them being able to, to, to change attachments and stuff, we wondered if it would be presets, but this almost sounds like a slider. Yeah, this is weird. I didn't really know how to interpret this because they're saying the size of your suppressor. So am I going to have a meter with my suppressor there? And by moving the, the meter horizontally, is it going to extend the length of the suppressor? Or is that maybe they're saying just stat wise, the suppressor will be the suppressor the same size, but you'll be able to extend the abilities of the suppressor. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, it sounds like it's going to be anywhere within that range you want to slide it to. Yeah. It sounds like you you can slide it to maybe make the suppressor longer. You'll have mm -hmm. less recoil, but reduced damage and ranges. So you yeah. can kind of change it like that, which is interesting. I like that a lot. Um, I think it goes to that. What we talked about last time, the uh, there's pros and cons, right? You need to make you as a player now need to make a decision how you're going to kit yourself up to go into the game, which I, lo I love that. Yep. That's cool. It's going to add so much like diversity to loadouts and stuff yeah. and even more even more customization mm -hmm. um as far as grips it says an operator will have the option of choosing between a set of different tactical handlings and techniques this can affect the accuracy and speed of a weapon tackle grip seat clamp grip that's mm -hmm. pretty normal um, i love i'm i'm pretty pumped for that too and again that was one that i didn't really know how to how is that gonna how's that gonna look but am i gonna be able to based on the grip because you know seat clamp versus other type of grips there's gonna be pros and cons with that so i that's just if they're going that in depth, that's going to be a lot of fun to you know pick that stuff apart. You know what what attachments? Where do you want your meter? What kind of of grip should you have as your operator? What are the pros and cons of a C clamp versus um, other grips? Uh, that's really cool. So I I, I like yeah. that. It sounds good to me so far. 
like a magwell grip might be faster ads and a steve mm-hmm. clamp grip might be less recoil but yeah vice versa that's pretty great cool. Um, magazine check animations for modes with a limited HUD. You'll be able to inspect a weapon's magazine count. That's in Tarkov. Yes. Um, that's pretty cool. Um, reticle display weapon ammo count, seen with revolvers and shotguns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that's not too wild. That's yeah, it that's... all sounds really good. I, I really, I'm some of those that we talked about. I'm curious to see how they play out in game and what they'll actually look like. But it, it all sounds good, and it sounds like it sounds like the next evolution of what I would want in a modern warfare title. So over 2019. So I think this, these are all good items that we're hearing so far. Yeah, I think so too. And then um, there's an article over on Deserto that talks a little bit about uh, maps and modes. There's like nothing like. Let me zoom in for you guys. There's nothing like too earth shattering um, on this, really. Um, some of these we've mentioned before. The prisoner rescue mm-hmm. um, is taking heavy inspirations from the likes of Rainbow Six and CS:GO. This mode splits players across attacking and defending teams. I'm really excited for this. Um, yeah, I'm trying trying not to get my expectations too high, but I'm getting my expectations too high. <laughs> oh. Me too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> I hope it's a really cool hostage mode. And yeah. essentially, yeah, I hope, I hope it's a more accessible uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And this Be is a, a great opportunity. This is a great opportunity to b- bring in those players, you know, that love Rainbow Six Siege. You know, how long that, has that game been out? Like you Year said, if it's, a little, if it's a, yeah. So if it's a little bit more accessible, like clearly there's a market for that type of more hardcore mode and play style. So I'm curious if they'll, even refine some of the movement right because in siege like, you move relatively slow which is what i like about it it's a more grounded movement system and if they if it, maybe they tie that into some of those modes um i'd be you get a huge siege crowd and a yeah. tarkov crowd from some of those other maybe if there's dmz you know and they can refine the movement in those modes um that would be smart especially two years of support in this cod 2.0 that we're hearing about that yeah. would make sense to me yeah, and it would make sense. I heard DMZ, uh, there's rumors that it might be coming later. And mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that might make sense. If this game is going to be around for two years, this mm-hmm. stuff all doesn't have to be there at launch. They can add that right. as we go and keep players. Because, yep. I mean, it's a lot. Because if you think about the spectrum they're trying to cover with this game, you have, like, traditional COD multiplayer. Then you have Warzone 2. Then you could potentially have the DMZ. Then you have these tactical-type modes, which are traditional S&D, but, like, knockout and the attack defend and then Mm -hmm. even in the bigger ground war where they're trying to do like a battlefield thing there's destruction there's vehicle destruction and husks there's aquatic vehicles and all that stuff so it's like they're trying to do a lot it sounds like yeah and they're trying to like gun for everything but yeah to be to be honest in the triple a first person shooter space they don't have a lot of competition they don't and i mean right now cod's king and if they can if they can create uh an area or a platform for the fans of other FPS games like Siege, like Tarkov, you're only going to grow. And what does that, what does that mean? If you attract more players, it means more monetization from battle passes and skins and things like that. Right. So yeah, hopefully it would, would make sense. Hopefully they don't get a total monopoly and go the Diablo immortal thing. And we have to pay $15,000 <laughs> on loot boxes to get a meta M4. Uh, yeah I you can count me count that. me out you can count me out if we if we get to that point <laughs> i shouldn't have even said that um so then uh knockout is an interesting mode as well it gives smaller teams a limited number of response 2v2 or 3v3 this sounds a lot like uh what was the hill mode in vanguard 
Uh, King of the, was it just called King, King of, of the, the Hill? King of the Hill, I think, is what it was. Yeah, yep. That's that's what that sounds like. Um, and then Gunfight's coming back again, man. I love Gunfight in Modern Warfare. I still play. I played a bunch of it over the weekend as well. So I'm. I'm I played excited some games with you. Thing. Yeah, it was a lot of fun going back to that. I hadn't played it in well over a year. So. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, it's just a cool mode. Like, especially, it's really nice if you haven't played COD in a long time. You don't have to worry about leveling up your guns and stuff. Everybody gets the same one. Mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool um exactly game mode so this is what we're gonna get uh wait that's what we talked about oh my gosh <laughs> then you got the normal regular ones here's the maps right, this right. is this is what we wanted to get yep um core maps are your standard 6v6 design battle maps are larger spaces built for more sizable lobbies akin to ground war while large battle maps are the most expensive them all exclusively designed for the biggest modes to offer so there's three different sizes uh, core maps in Modern Warfare 2 Museum set in Spain Museum has been described as more of a traditional COD map boasting a four lane layout so and that's that's the other thing that I really like about this setting for uh, for for Call of Duty it lets them go like anywhere in the world so there's a lot of stuff here to look at or they can mm -hmm. you know there's just so much flexibility and diversity in maps and that's what I that's like that's why I love modern military first person shooters there's an endless supply of content Yep, I like it a lot. As the name implies, Grand Prix is a map set in the middle of a Formula One racetrack in Asia. That might and be I interesting. Heard, I did hear from some folks, you know, whether or not, but like the, the race will be going on in the background and you guys are fighting off to the side or like up on a hill or something and the cars will be going by over in a distance and you'll be able to see the race happening, which would be crazy. So that'll make for a lot of Dr. Disrespect. Where's the audio moments whenever you, you, can't, you can't hear somebody over the car sneaking up yeah, on you? Yeah, right. Good. Well, maybe we'll see his Lambo in there in the race, too. Hey, it might be. Uh, Farm 18 training facility. Details remain scarce from around the Farm 18 training facility and could remain as such even beyond launch set in an undisclosed location. The whereabouts mm. of this facility could be kept under wraps indefinitely. Probably, it's probably my guess is it'd be like a CIA training facility. Usually, they they call those the farm, right? So probably a CIA training site or something like that. That's pretty cool. Uh, then the other one are the battle maps. These are a little bit larger. One of the larger maps is Saeed uh, in Modern Warfare Two. It's been described as urban combat area. There's a good chance we see plenty of room for vehicular combat. Mm, okay. Uh, Serif Bay, Serif Bay. Uh, was to promote some of Modern Warfare 2's new water and swimming mechanics. Set near a large body of water in a fishing village, expect to get your feet wet on this large-scale map. Okay. That's cool. Swimming's coming back for sure. Sounds like they're going to be pushing that quite a bit. Um, I know swimming was a big part in the some of the Black Ops games. Um, I it was, yeah. But yeah. this sounds like it's going to be much more... We talked about it a little bit last time. Usually in Black Ops games, the water is just clear for days right and you you look at that compared to like a battlefield four can't really see that well underwater unless you're right up to somebody so like the murkiness based on the depth things like that um only able to use your pistol sounds like that's they're bringing all that into modern warfare too which is good yep uh returning maps to expect uh these are pretty just common knowledge that people all expect these to come back uh high rise could uh potentially be seen in one of the trailers uh, Terminal, Quarry, uh, Favela, and Afghan. Uh, and these are all talked about when uh, Tom Henderson talked about the Warzone 2 map, these being part of the yeah. POIs across the Warzone 2 map. Yeah, 100%. I'm, um, I'm excited for that. 
Yeah. What did I, I don't even know what I have on the list next. Um. So yeah, is there anything you wanted to add about movement and maps? I think that covers it pretty well. I think that yeah, I think that covers it. It'll be really cool going back to some of these OG Modern Warfare Two maps, especially seeing them on you know whether it's DMZ and Warzone Two. Um, man, I played the heck out of that game. So being able to jump back in and and you know especially if it's in an open world environment like a DMZ and a Warzone, I think that'd be that'd be super cool. Sign me up uh the, the next thing to talk about is i guess in two days we're getting season four and um i honestly don't have a ton of stuff to talk about for season four that i care about and i'll see what you think other than uh the new rebirth map uh i'm pretty i'm honestly pretty excited about um, i did see i did see the trailer came out today for the season and i'm just gonna be completely transparent i watched i think 15 seconds of that and turned it off <laughs> So, uh, no interest in what they're doing with any of this. But, uh, yeah, there's definitely some map changes for the Fortress Key map and Caldera that I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Yeah, honestly, we'll talk. I want to talk about it. I want to pull this up. I got to get yeah. your opinion on this authentic. Yeah. This, here we go, here we go, here we go. Oh, God. What are, you gonna, what are you about to do to me? You ready for this? Check out this authentic World War II skin, all right? This is... Uh, we th these were everywhere in world war ii i know this is going to be a lot of new knowledge for you guys you got the nvt <laughs> assault rifle right there very common very common everyone had it the the standard issue rifle and then uh yeah there were a lot of people in uh cybernetic carbon fiber track suits and like tron <laughs> world war ii so <laughs> man you know those germans just their technology was way ahead of, of everyone. So and apparently we're uncovering more of it all the time. We are. Yeah. Secrets so. of, uh, of the third Reich, I guess. Amazing. Oh man. That's, that's super cringeworthy. It, it's almost as if they ran, they forgot they had a world war two game because oh, yeah. especially the, the trailers, even since last season, it, none of it looked world war two. You had operators in that trailer that were air cab, which were Vietnam era, outfits and especially this one i just looked at it today the release trailer for the season and i was just like i don't even know you know it's not world war ii it's not modern i don't know i don't don't care about any of these people they're showing they got like gold vehicles it just was it took me if there was any semblance of immersion left it was all gone as of as of today was what was my feelings yeah yeah it's real nice um i've essentially um <clears throat> There's no, there's no like immersion with Call of Duty uh, as far as like time period and stuff like that, and a lot of people say this is boomer mentality, uh, but I don't think it is. I think some of this stuff is just silly, but it I don't. Is. I play COD anymore to hang, like hang out with friends and stuff. Mm. The other thing I would add to this is, guys, savor and soak in the launch window of Modern Warfare Two, like, because yeah. that that's gonna be. That's going to be peak like immersion and, and realism for us. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. it's going to probably go off of its off of the train, off the rails. So enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy the launch window. None of this stuff I'm seeing in the trailer in the background. I haven't seen a single thing that looked World War Two to me yet. So <laughs> just I don't throw even, that out there. I don't even know like if it, if they're even trying. They're, I mean, they're I not trying, they, but they, I, they can't be right. There's no way. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what it is. There's just some weird abstract things that I, I don't know adding, what it is. 
they're adding the Vargo Cold War added the Vargo 52 or whatever, and now Vanguard's adding the Vargo 52S. Just again, it's a repeat weapon. It's really strange. And uh, these, I mean, the operators are these. Op- yeah, none of that looked World War II to me. I don't. It's strange because they're adding these weird weapons, and you look at like prominent World War II weapons. I'm still, I was still waiting for an M1919 A6 machine gun. And I'm kind of shocked that they never brought that in. And we're at, you know, now we're just out of the realm of anything authentic to World War II. So that I think any opportunity for that is gone. I don't I don't I don't recognize nor have I any heard of any of these World War II weapons that they're World War II weapons that they're bringing in. It's I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, I think um, I have it in my head that like Call of Duty is just to hang out, run around and shoot with your friends. And if I want immersion, I'll play like Tarkov or I'll play Battlefield One or Hell mm-hmm. Let Loose or mm-hmm. or Squad or something like that. Like it doesn't really make me mad anymore. But like if it it doesn't, it never really did make me mad. Um, it's just kind of it's yeah. just silly. It's just it's, silly, yeah, yeah. But it's still fun. It, and like my my argument is always like people say like that's like the boomer way of thinking or whatever. I just think the best the best is a mixture of both worlds in my mm-hmm. opinion. So stuff kind of like. Uh, Battlefield 1 is my shining example. You still had arcade-style gameplay, but it was incredibly accurate and immersive, and it just kind of, for me, this is my personal take, it helped, like, me kind of go there and immerse myself in that world. Um, Call of Duty is just silly, but it's it's still fun to just run around and shoot people, your friends. It is, yeah. I mean, I I completely agree. I'm I'm of the same mentality. You know, we're we're close to around the same age anyway so i i i'm all about if i can get immersed into a game and feel feel that immersion level it makes me want to play it more and kind of the point where we're at now with call of duty when i get killed by some goofy skins it just i'm just like i mean you're well aware sometimes it gets me like right way on my nerves if i I wish there was it'd be cool i know exclusive ace did a video um I think it was yesterday or two days ago about not seeing these type of attack, like attack on Titans and these goofy skins we just saw in the trailer in modern warfare too. And just kind of keep it, you know, somewhere within the realm of believability. Right. Um, or something that's been proposed to the community for a long time is have like a, have an immersion filter. So those out of those crazy kooky skins, if I don't want to see them, I don't have to see them. And it just defaults to a default skin. I think that would be a, a good compromise. Whether that's something that's even possible, I don't know. But yeah, I don't know what that would take. I, I, you know, getting killed by clown skins just it really t- it really takes me out of the game, personally. Yeah, it does. But I think we could talk about um, actually all the map, which is mm-hmm. kind of what I'm really the good things coming here. Yeah. yeah, the only thing that I'm kind of excited about. Same. Um, same. So they did post um, kind of a blog showing the map. I was going to yep. go ahead and try to pull that up. I think it looks pretty cool. It shows some of the POIs, and then we also get an overview of it. Um, so I'm excited to jump into this because Rebirth has been reworked once, but it's a little bit stale. And again, mm-hmm. Rebirth is like the only battle. It's not Battle Royale that I enjoy playing. I think it yeah. takes a lot of the crappiness of Battle Royales, but you still have that awesome final circle. I'm sorry I say it all the time. I am one of those old boomers that retells the same story over and over, and you kids just have to sit here and listen to me. Um, so at the, t- at the top here, there's a this is the Grand Tour or Fortune's Keep. So there's the map. Mm-hmm. If I remember right, it's like 20 or 30% bigger than Rebirth Island. 
Yeah, I think that I saw the overlays. It looks, it looks, I think some, some people were theorizing, I don't know if it said it in this blog post, because I honestly have not even seen this yet. Some people were theorizing it instead of it may up the player count from 45, but we see a rebirth up to 60 um, be, because of the size difference. I think that'd be good, but it does cool. look nice. Um, oh yeah, Codename Brawler does have a really good point in the chat saying round-based zombies has also come back after almost an entire year. So that's actually, get, yeah, yeah, that's actually pretty notable. Um, Big win I, for the zombie community for sure. Yeah, I'm glad they finally have something to <laughs> to talk about and to play. <laughs> yeah. That's really cool. But yeah, that is that is definitely noteworthy. Thanks for thanks for pointing that out. Um, so some of the POIs and th this map actually looks really cool. I'm excited to get in nice. here because I because I like this. I like the rebirth style of gameplay. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, town everyone meet town there we um, go nice urban combat <laughs> yep and then is this a different one it's so confusing cobblestone alleyways and long abandoned stairwells make it tight close quarters um i guess this is still part of town so it looks like it's like... a different it looks like it's a shot from the opposite side i, I i'm thinking maybe. so there's clock tower i just downloaded the image to my computer so that's good there and there's the clock tower here <laughs> so like yeah it's like a yeah, different yeah. image of it okay. so there there's that. Why zoom in? Does this look better? Yeah, probably. It, um, it reminds me. I'm curious. You take it reminds me of like a Sicilian or an Italy type village, does it not? It kind of has like that Italian, old school look to it to me. Yeah, Milsim guy says Assassin's Creed too. I see that. Yeah. Um. Under and exactly. Yeah. And then um, I think if there's a couple of maps in Black Ops Four that this reminds me of mm, yeah um, i know exactly what you're thinking of yeah i can't remember the names of them but there's like a villa and like it, they yep. have those clay uh sh like roofs and stuff um yeah. then smugglers cove so this looks pretty wild um the underground stuff and then we see a redeploy balloon as well um some of the other ones and then here now uh, this is the entrance to the cove it looks like next to town um, I really like the colors. I hope these colors kind of come through. I, I kind of like the little bit more vibrant look and Caldera is a little bit more bland and stuff like that. I just personal yeah. preference. I, I kind of like, it's not over the top, but like like a Fortnite or anything, but like I like the mm. saturated grass and kind of the blues yeah. and reds and grays. I think it looks- It makes it easier to stuff. see uh, enemies too, in my opinion. <laughs> Maybe that's why I like it. My vision is like going, <laughs> I swear. Uh, keep, so this is on the other side of the map um it just looks like another massive building this could be a really intricate map there's a lot of cover like it's yeah. a lot so that's a dense that's a dense like town urban area right there you know there's a, like yeah a lot of buildings and it's gonna i'm really curious how this is gonna play yeah i hope it's not frustrating with uh camping because sometimes yeah. people get a little campy <laughs> in these game modes uh this looks like the inside of it as well it's got a cool looking courtyard i really yeah. like the colors i hope these yeah. are some of the colors we see it in modern warfare definitely looks like a big big overhaul to the color color scheme from what we've seen yeah. so not, far so. and i'm not sure if that's how the map will look or if these are kind of have some color adjustments to them yeah that's a c and then the winery shout out wine i love wine uh mm -hmm. so checking this out um yeah. <laughs> it looks cool old school architecture and stuff like that yeah yeah um i don't know i guess just because these are probably still images but the graphic detail looks really cool and then here's a little bit more of an open area this looks like behind the winery so these are the hills where the grapes are grown and, and mm. then this is out on the beach um yeah again so yeah this is two days away i'm really excited to play this um yeah this is gonna be 
interesting to jump in and play. I think the, uh, it's great to have a map overhaul. And, and I talked about it briefly in one of my videos. I'm curious. I really, this all looks good. This is a big win in my book. I'm, I'm just hoping they do some of the weapon adjustments, like specifically the SCG-44 and things like that, because there are some areas in this map that I can see are going to be a big problem for kind of those beam machine weapons. So I hope they at least like lower the damage a little bit if they're not going to add recoil. I can definitely see it being a little front, like that shot right there, that that uh, lighthouse, you know, you've got free reign on a, on a lot of environment there. So I could see that being a problem if they don't do something with the balance, hopefully. Yeah, and I've, I've started, to, I've honestly started to see a lot of larger streamers and even uh, some like pro Warzone players and pro Call of Duty players saying they're tired of the no recoil meta, right? Like, yeah, how ridiculous it is. Especially, I don't know if you're gonna. Are we looking at Caldera here too? Did they have any changes for that that they're gonna show? Uh, I didn't know if they showed it. I didn't find them. Okay, um, there was. I did see. There was the only thing I've seen is an overhead view of what it's kind of going to look like. And, and Raven did say that they're removing a lot of of the trees. So again, if they're removing that dense forestry, which I think is good. But also, you, then you really need to do something with those weapon balances, right? Because if it's just going to be much more open, that's going to be an even bigger problem. Very so. true. Yeah. And then I was wondering about this. So on the map, you could see the water and stuff. And I wondered how you would mm -hmm. swim across that. But again, here, it looks like there's ways to jump across and it looks shallow. Like you can just yeah. run through the water. So, yeah. Um, cash extraction event another shot this looks like below the winery again uh towards mm -hmm. the beach so um i kind of like these beaches i'm always if you guys know me from the PUBG days i'm all about beach strat man oh working these beaches and flanking around or rotating so i'll be down there um oh yeah here's caldera updates cool yeah we okay. might as well talk Sweet. about this too if you want all right, nice. yeah let's take a look at it um so they added storage town again like i don't know guys this is just me again sorry podcast listener I prefer, and you can tell me what you think, I much prefer this color scheme mm -hmm. to this color scheme. And I, I don't know, it doesn't really matter, but that's just my opinion. I don't know why. I, I completely I completely agree with you. Yeah, 100%. Um, so yeah, they're adding Storage Town. Everybody remembers that for Verdansk. Again, I've always thought that they're going to start to bring at least parts of Verdansk back for the marketing to this because people are clamoring for that back. Mm -hmm. um, it's really great for marketing. Armored SUV, cool. Yeah, I have I avoided uh, Storage Town like the plague, so I'll probably be doing the same if I do even jump into Caldera again. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, I definitely see what you're talking about in this image. A lot less trees, and I mean, seeing from peak all the way down to these uh, Quonsets down here is like yeah. STGs and then those NZ 41s yeah, or whatever. They're, they're really kind of, gonna have to fix that because that's gonna, gonna be a beam people. It's gonna be a huge problem. Yeah, hundred percent. Yep. So then, uh, not sure what that even is. Some underground thing. Yeah. Uh, I there's already an underground tunnel system, right, where you can move underneath the ground and kind of transport to different places. Yeah, it's like a fast travel. So I mean, you really there's not like it's not like an open tunnel system, really. It's more of like you go down in certain areas and you can fast travel if it's open. But have to see what they do with that. Yep. Okay. And then um, there's good. also we also have bridges like across to the different rooftops. So they added that and they added some cover and things on top mm -hmm. of the roofs. I like I like that. That looks good to me. That does, I, that's a really cool concept that I hope makes it into Warzone 2 maybe. It helps 
it helps roofs be like a little bit more part of the map rather than like mm-hmm. beacons and islands that people can camp on like if you can move around to them and stuff i i, I yeah. like that for some reason it's reminding me those bridges and things reminded me of like uh reminded me of like favela and some other modern warfare 2 maps we saw like it's specifically in the single player some some like of those makeshift bridges things like that so that's that's good to see it's pretty cool <clears throat> and then um i don't know what this is really depicting other than this seems a lot more open with lush trees um it'll yeah it made it more open eliminating multiple cover points in this second mm-hmm. area um again this is the dry dock now holds a ship explore for item supply boxes so yeah down here this was just open now they put an actual ship down here in the bottom of the okay. arsenal that's good um more what covers are always here? a plus uh new staircases to the peak summit make it easier to maneuver around uh okay. peaks always like a super hot drop so they added that wow this looks way more open um you can look for a new industrial area north of the peak so they added this mm-hmm. uh the north of the peak oh wow yeah there's also a new military camp that takes up the open space below the tunnel east of summit i don't know exactly where that is but we can really see a lot less cover on this map more verdansk like yeah um some deforestation along with green military tents at the gondola station so it sounds like they're taking away some of like the the, the trees in between and then adding more pois across the map yeah is... a lot of mini pois for sure um and you can just see around peak and even at the rooftops even though they added the bridges there it seems like they're putting more emphasis in on verticality gameplay or like vertical gameplay allowing you to more easily traverse the, the vertical areas um, but again when you're vertical you have because they're removing the forestry you're having easier line of sight on targets so um it's it's in theory the changes are great but uh, you know i as i said in my video it's all really all going to depend on what they do with the weapons because these changes look good but if you're beaming people like crazy and the map's wide open now it's going to be you know what was it all for yeah yeah to make it easier to beam people with stgs and nz (laughs) yeah um yeah i'm just scrolling through some of these i don't i don't really want to necessarily get too uh in depth on the weeds on caldera but um you can see it and this looks like another yeah this is another image of uh fortune keeps so that's a really cool that's a really cool image um yeah i'm excited to drop into this in a couple days mm-hmm. so, yeah it looks it looks good i'm really excited for fortune's keep and like you said i love the lighting lighting i think they really need to brighten it up on like that on caldera and i remember og for dance was nice and bright like we're seeing with fortune's keep and i always thought that bright that more brighter the, the brightness that we're seeing here on fortune's keep is what the rest of the game needs in, in my opinion so hopefully that's something we see more specifically in warzone 2 yep um so yeah i think that's about it for call of duty if you're ready to move on to the controversy yeah, i'm ready let's do it all right all right guys so yeah we're gonna get into it a little bit here this this story has everything for you right we got we got bad journalism we got we got controversy we got political takes which we are not going to get into or do our best not to get into um <laughs> uh about the ready or not game and i don't know if you guys are familiar with ready or not uh but it is uh it started out as like a pvp kind of shooter and then it turned more into uh, a pve and it's almost like a, a police and like swat team um simulator 
And yep. what actually happened with it, there was um, some stuff happened where it was removed uh, from the Steam store. And initially, Void Interactive said, and this game, to give you guys a little bit of a background, um, this game has had a controversial, like just the, the whole development process has, has been with that based on the sensitivity of the subject matter. And everybody kind of has their opinions and stuff on that. They actually split from their publisher because they have promised to make an active school shooter level. Um, and you're, that's not who you are. You're that you're the SWAT team going to stop it, of course. Um, right. but so they actually over that they split it up. So this game is, is not pulling any punches. It's going after deep, dark, shitty scenarios that, you know, that these officers and SWAT teams have to deal with. And it puts you in those situations. So what happened? Rumors started flying when it was pulled from the steam store. Void said it was a backend issue. Um, later, they elaborated that it was not. In that downtime, uh, several articles started to come out making a lot of assumptions um, and saying things like it was pulled because of the sensitivity of the material. What they did was, and I'm not, I'm not saying there was uh, no wrongdoing here. I think I think they also made a little bit of a mistake um, with the nightclub name and the timing of release. And I don't mm -hmm. think they did it on purpose. I can't imagine them doing it on purpose. I Definitely give people not. the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't make any sense why you would do that on purpose. But what happened was, and what these articles said on like PC games and stuff like that is that it was pulled because they released a nightclub shooting level, just the worst timing ever, on the anniversary of the Pulse nightclub shooting in Florida. And then, so they thought that's why it was pulled because of the sensitivity of the material, the timing of it, that steam took it down. So then it came out later and it's, there's a little, there's a weird deal about certain news outlets. If you guys want a full rundown on this big fry, did a video um, covering it really, really well. There's been um, people after this game and trying to get it taken down, which is just, we can get into this a little bit. It's just really weird to me. Um, why they want to try to take it down over the sensitivity of the material. Um, but then finally they posted why it actually was taken down. So what actually happened after all these news stories were published, the Prism nightclub that they used in game is actually uh, a chain of nightclubs in the UK and it was a copyright issue. So uh, understandably, um, the the Prism nightclubs in UK didn't want their name on this level, which totally makes sense. So right, it's like this whole crazy thing about like people like kind of seemingly attacking this game. And seriously, this game goes right at it. Like you saw in that trailer, uh, human trafficking. They have a level that I watched Big Fry play where it's essentially Jeffrey Epstein's house um, is what it's modeled after. So like you go and clear this just like a kid's birthday party and then as you peel back these levels and get deeper and deeper you find some really pretty crappy stuff going on in some of the rooms uh taking out the armed guards and stuff like that yeah. and then again this nightclub shooting um and then also um they're going after uh they're making a school shooting level too so i don't know what you think of all that it's it's good marketing but at the same time it's incredibly immersive and i think some of these situations that unfortunately happened in the in the united states like i i don't think sweeping it under the rug is is the issue i think holding the people accountable that do it 
um, is the play. And I mean, if you want immersion in a video game, that's what Ready or Not's doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate we had some of those those bad reports going out about why that happened. So it, it, I'm glad you know you just covered the actual reason. It was a copyright issue, and and um, they did the right thing and, and renamed it and re-released it. It's back up on Steam. But yeah, you said it. This is this is an immersive game, and it's it's a realistic game. I think there's two terms that I don't typically like together to put together in games. That's realism and immersion. I think they they should be separate for games that are more arcadey, like Battlefield or Call of Duty. But for this, immersion and realism are definitely intertwined, and they should be. Um, this game is sticking to its guns, and I've been a huge fan of this since I saw it. You know, I've watched a lot of big prize coverage and a lot of other youtubers and, and content creators that have been covering this i haven't played it myself yet i'm definitely going to be purchasing this and the mod support for this looks awesome people are already have mods out there for seal team six raids everything like that but this is tackling this is this is a game that's tackling an area in the gaming industry specifically modern first person shooters that i've been waiting for for years this is something that I would love to get in, you know, you and your buddies get into this, the, the comms on this, the teamwork, the immersion just would be through the roof. And, and a lot of these real world scenarios we're talking about, obviously they can be sensitive subjects, but at the end of the day, it's a game and you're the good guys going to stop the bad guys. Um, you know, it, it I can definitely see, see it being a sensitive subject, but you look at Modern Warfare, original Modern Warfare 2, with that airport, no, no Russian level, you know, this is something we've seen in games in a long time. And I think these guys are, are staying true to their, to their vision, which I'm very happy with because that's the game that I want to play at the end of the day. Yeah. And it, it works out for them because it gets people talking about it, right. From a marketing mm -hmm. standpoint, but I think it's done in a way that that's not why they're doing it. I think they're right. doing these kind of controversial levels and stuff like that to add to the immersion realism, because mm -hmm. whether we like it or not, we all obviously no one likes that this shit happens that um, they're putting it in a game so you can experience what that would mm -hmm. be like for those people that have to put a stop to this crap that's going on. So, mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's yeah. why they're having these levels because it adds to the immersion because unfortunately this shit happens. Right. And this, this gives you some sort of, you know, obviously as close as you can get from a gaming perspective, what you know these SWAT teams and with the, a lot of the mod support the military units special operation forces would encounter in situations like this you know if there is a if there is an active shooter situation this is this is you know some insight as to what you would deal with if you were on that SWAT team and I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what they because I haven't played it yet but I watch a lot of the gameplay and I like what I'm seeing I'm excited for some of these future missions, like you mentioned. You know, the uh, the school mission that was has been a big controversy, but they're they're going to do. Um, they had a big press release about that. I'm I'm curious to see how they handle that as far as throwing things at you and having you make decisions. Um, I I'm a big fan of this game, and and I'm I'm happy they're staying with their vision and, and that press release they did when they split from their original publisher. Um, emphasize that they're sticking to their guns and, and, and their vision, uh, which is good because you have a market of creators and gamers that have been clamoring for this type of shooter that falls in that realism and immersive category. And this, this tackles both of those very well, in my opinion. Yep. 
and also i i did i did a bad job in not finishing out the whole story it is back up on steam if i didn't make that clear so it's back up they resolved the copyright issue again they wouldn't have to they could have waited for a cease and desist but it sounds like based on their statement in a show of good faith they said uh they took the game down uh changed the name removed the copyrighted material mm -hmm. and then put it back up so it was mm -hmm. a copyright issue and again the problem that i kind of have are journalism journalists like attacking this game for the sake of attacking the game mm -hmm. um and jumping to conclusions and publishing as facts they sense uh put updates to all those articles and stuff like that. Um, it's almost like this is an, a problem with journalism that's way bigger than this. Like in, a, in oh, the age yeah. of the internet with people trying to get clicks and trying to get ad revenue mm. and stuff, making juicy headlines and stuff like that. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but like, right. that's just kind of what this is. And I don't like to see it um, mm. in our first person shooter genre. And there's like, <sighs> it's such a complicated subject, and I, but I see a little bit of a, uh, uh, hypocrisy in it uh and i'm gonna try my best to um not offend anyone and give my opinion um there is a lot of people that um say you know like call of duty and those kinds of games cause kids to do these these horrible acts and, and be evil and stuff like that and the the gaming community would be quick to dismiss that there's there's data to support that argument too that video games don't cause people to be psychopaths and, and do these horrible, terrible acts. And then at the same time, <laughs> they try to attack a game that depicts these things because they it's sensitive and they don't want people to know about it. So it's like the hypocr hip hip hypocrisy yeah. uh, there is a, is a little weird. Uh, it's yeah. a weird energy. And um, I think I give, I give people the benefit of the doubt that no one, uh, nobody in their right mind thinks that uh, any of these things that happen are good. Nobody wants this stuff to happen. And I think it's important to keep that in mind. Nobody wants these horrible acts to go on and uh, on either side of the issue. And also at the same time, like it's a game. And I, I give people the benefit of the doubt that they can understand that's a game and it's something that's in society. And it, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting way to experience what's, what some of these uh, first responders have to go through. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You, you, you did a really good job of summing it up. Um, you know, it, it's, it's always a touchy subject. Um, but when you look at the data behind, behind that, you know, the, the mainstream media trying to video games are bad. They make you do violent acts like this just simply isn't true. Um, I've been playing first person shooters, first person military shooters since I was very, very young middle school. Um, yeah, I was raised correctly. This is it's a result of societal decay and, and parents not raising their children. That's what it is. And lack of education, things like that, whole socioeconomic issues. We could do a whole offshoot show on this crash and get some <laughs> yeah. in-depth stuff. But, you know, it, you're right. It's a it's a video game. And those of us who have have normal functioning brains can understand the difference between those. Yep. Yeah, and I, I hope I hope uh eventually like some of this stuff can get sorted out. And uh Ghost has a really good uh point in the chat, lack of help in the USA for mental illness too. Um mm -hmm. I'm yeah. I'm all about that, like um people getting help and having access to help and, and removing the stigma that getting help is is embarrassing or a bad thing. Right. Um yeah, it's a whole list of issues that we could get into, um for sure. And again, people like 
<laughs> see see the guns behind me sometimes and ask questions. But guys, I can assure you, uh, those firearms behind me are used for two things: feeding my family and going to the range with my friends. So, and that's all they'll ever be used for. I promise you that. So, um, it, yeah. And you know, we we could do we we could we can talk about this later. We could maybe do an after dark episode of this and just go unhinged. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you and I understand gun safety and. You know, majority of gun owners in the United States understand that as well. And, that, you know, that's just comes down to education and responsibility and, and also, you know, upbringing, things like that. But, yeah, there's video games don't cause violence. I'm I'm excited for this game. I can't wait to play it. And I can't see their final. I can't wait to see their final vision because it's going to make for some awesome teamwork and gameplay and videos as well. It's it's exactly the game that I've wanted for a long, long time. So when that's when their end state of that game is going to be amazing. Yeah, I think so. And I, I think, and, and getting back to video games, which is what we're supposed to talk about. <laughs> yeah. um, they, they did a really cool job and they did a really smart pivot in their development because they started out trying to do like what Rainbow Six Siege, I think was originally, and they'd had a lot of PVP stuff and it didn't mm. work out. They had an open yeah. alpha or not an open alpha. But I remember alpha, it was it a was nightmare. Yeah. I watched Big Fry's coverage. He, he hated it. It and looked rough. Everything and everything you see after that was amazing, right? Now everyone loves the game. It's crazy. Yeah, now like, they're going. They, yeah, yeah. Now they they realized what was in their wheelhouse. They went to right. PVE, and I I just think that was that's commendable and incredibly yeah. smart. They amazing. just need to use a little bit of Google when they're designing levels to not copyright infringe. <laughs> Maybe be a little yeah. cognizant of the dates and stuff like that. But other than that, I think they're doing a that's pretty good a, job. Yeah. And that's a, that's the, a legal issue. Their their lawyers should have caught that, <laughs> right? Sure. Right. And I mean, and at the end of the day, it looks like a game that like I could see myself playing with friends and kind of yeah. losing myself in it. And then after a level, right. having to set back and go, holy shit, you know, like, wow, that was crazy. So I think I think it's yeah. cool. And the weapons and the customization just like that's what stands out to me. You know, all these tactical weapons, the movement, um, you're moving slowly and methodically through these levels, too. If you guys haven't watched gameplay, just go out there and, and search it up on YouTube. Big Fry's a great, a great source. Um some other folks like Karmica and uh, Double Dog Gaming have great gameplay of this game. Uh, it looks awesome, and you're not you're not running a gun. This is slow, methodical teamwork, and it looks awesome. So I'm I'm pumped to <laughs> to get in with a squad and run this someday. Yeah, it looks it looks really cool, um, for sure. Um, then I guess that pretty much covers that up. Um, I really hope that I didn't uh, offend anyone or anything with with my views, but. That's just what I think. Um, there you go. Uh, we can move on from that. It's back on the store. Everybody's happy. Um, so I guess at the at the end, the last thing I wanted to talk about were the quick shots. Pew, 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 pew. Um, a little bit <laughs> yeah. of shorter news stories. Again, guys, like there's a lot of, there's like not a lot of crazy stuff happening, but there's just a lot of little stuff we wanted to talk about. And uh, really, really quick, uh, shout out to the production team for those sound effects. Loved it. Yeah. I mean, I, the sound, the production team appreciates that because yeah. they get shit on quite a bit. Killing it. They're killing it, man. Those I'm sound effects are, are A plus. Love it. Don't, don't give them a big head. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't do that too much. Um, so yeah, what I wanted to talk about is in the, uh, in the spirit of good journalism, got some breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, coming to you, uh, from Twitter. I like how I built that up. So I built you guys up for a loadout issue <laughs> from Raven Software. 
uh this just happened before we went live actually yeah. what a letdown right um oh, but they just tweeted about a loadout issue and uh so I, I thought it'd be funny to have some breaking news yeah this is crazy huh i just i i saw this like shortly before we went live and you and i talked about it briefly some bug going on in game i didn't read extensively into it but right now they're making it so you they disabled the ability to edit or change any of or edit your loadouts in game going into game in the pre-lobby there or if you're in a, a pre-lobby with other players so you it sounds to me like you would have to do it before you know i joined up with you and we started switching for a game i have to have my weapons all set and if we didn't yeah. like something we'd all have to disband and do it and then get back together right yep due to an unforeseen situation we've disabled the ability to edit loadouts when joining to or matchmaking with another player's party so if you're in a party you can't touch your weapons i don't know why and i was just thinking about like all the technical issues and stuff battlefield is still having issues with their battle pass progression and stuff like that and i was like i thought it was really cool how activision uh, finally recognized their QA department and allowed them to unionize and paying them well and, and taking QA seriously. And I was just thinking about, you know, how good of a job Call of Duty was doing with QA. And then I'm like, ha. okay, never mind. <laughs> some of this stuff, again, obviously I'm not a game developer, but sometimes I'm like, how does this stuff like get through? I think the first comment there says it all, right? L. L. <laughs> it's the only thing I, I thought of when I saw it. L, yeah. So anyway, there's that. Keep that in mind if you're going in to play Call of Duty tonight or whenever you watch this. Hopefully by the time you listen to this on the VOD or, or podcast, it's over. Hopefully um, they fix it by the time, you know, the season four event starts. It starts yep. up. Otherwise, it's going to be a lot of unhappy people. Very. Uh, then I wanted to talk about uh, the pre-wipe events. Just let everyone know those are starting in Tarkov. So Tarkov is going to get wild uh, for a little bit here, which is pretty funny. They take... If you guys don't know, whenever they wipe, they basically set everyone back to zero, back to level one. This happens when they introduce new content. We know the Lighthouse expansion is coming. That's why this is all happening. They tweeted out this image of a shitload of airplanes. And if you go into game right now, I don't know if you guys have heard the airdrops that come over and drop loot. There's just like five or six of them, like at any given time, just flying oh over. God. So it's going to make your eardrums bleed because they are so loud. But <laughs> these events are crazy um they i think they do stuff they give people access to loots and loot loots jesus uh loot maps and things like that words are hard for me today um and i think they do a lot of it for testing like they let people go play labs for free uh right. they do crazy stuff like you know up loot chances so you guys find like nicer stuff and nicer guns to kind of get a little bit more data before the wipe yeah, I mean, I, I got to jump back in. The end of the wipe is because I don't play consistently and I didn't get my level up to flea market and things like that, um, I'm going to have to jump in for these, especially when they unlock the flea market for everybody and everything's dirt cheap. That's when I can build my own weapons and get in there and have some fun is when I love it. So and I'm honestly, excited for these events. And honestly, I have some like really expensive guns and weapons in my stash where it's so liberating at the end of a wipe i'm like i'll just take these out it doesn't matter it's gonna get deleted yeah. anyway like yeah. the gear fear like completely goes away and you can just run around and be silly so this is an exciting time for tarkov in my opinion because like gear fear is totally out the window uh yeah. shameless plug um a little while after this stream i'll probably be playing some tarkov over on twitch.tv slash crap there we go yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm gonna try I'm it excited. out uh these new in-ear monitors are probably gonna hurt me whenever those airplanes fly over but we'll see 
or any sort of gunfire, dude. I, when it would even with these, these these are like decent, cheap. They're they're cheap, but they're decent. But when a rifle goes off and you get that one shot headshot on yourself and you get killed, I'm 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 always just like jump. I'm like, oh my god, like, it yeah. scares the heck out of me. So. Oh yeah, when, in Tarkov, when you get hit in the helmet and it makes that crack. Oh man. Oh my gosh, it's so scary, especially if you don't know terror it's coming from. It's so scary. Oh. Tarkov's a Tarkov's a horror game. I've never I've never had more jump scares in my life than playing Tarkov. Yeah, true. True. So yeah, that's going on. So who knows what the next week or so is gonna bring. They're they do all kinds of crazy events, so it, it could be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um the next quick shot is uh the Halo Forge a little bit has been leaked, and I, we were thinking about this too, like uh, a little bit how Call we mentioned earlier. Call of Duty really has no AAA first-person shooter competition. Battlefield 2042 struggling. Uh, Halo is good fundamentally, but light on content. And but uh, Halo Forge could save some of that, and it is coming fairly soon. But what was interesting is um, some of the leaked footage which I don't want to show <laughs> very much of um, from revs gaming shows the flexibility uh, that forge offers. This article comes to us from uh, video game Chronicle uh, it shows where people can active actually change weapons and how they shoot using tools. Users can effectively transplant one weapons effects to another, such as making cinder shot fire rockets or having the gravity hammer hit like an energy sword. So it sounds like battlefield portal, but you can actually do, a lot more and i first heard about this this morning on jeff grubb's podcast the morning game mess he was talking about this and how interesting it was and what he talked about which really i thought was a cool idea and what microsoft has actually done in the past what they do with microsoft flight simulator is they actually put community content into the game forge puts the ability into the hands of the community to make new maps, make new content. It sounds like they're going to give people a lot of control over Mm. what they can change in the game. How it works for Microsoft Flight Simulator, and Jeff Grubb mentioned that this might work in Halo, is Microsoft actually, if somebody comes up with something cool, they'll actually pay that person and put that in the game. So basically what uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator is doing, he said, um, all the teams are working on essentially making like right now they're working on making the United States look better. So like when you he's, he uh, he said when you fly over Disney World, it makes it they'll make it look more like Disney World. They're they're making it more uh, accurate. They're working on terrain. They're working on buildings and everything. So that's essentially what the entire flight sim team is doing. But you had stuff like they added the Halo Pelican uh, into flight sim. A lot of stuff like that. A lot of the airplanes are actually uh, he said from the community. So coming back to Halo, it would be really cool if like some of these really neat maps and stuff like that came to us uh, from the community and Halo would actually, you know, while they're working on campaign co-op or whatever, put some of the really good community modes, maps uh, and things like that into the main game. Yeah, that looks, that's everything in theory sounds great. I've never really been a huge Halo fan. However, I did play, played a lot in like the dorm rooms and stuff like that in college, but um, I have been following the Halo, uh, especially the the news for Forge mode and everything like that. So it sounds it sounds really good, and it it sounds definitely Halo needed something because we didn't hear anything from them from Summer Games Fest either. So this is uh, I'm sure welcome news to all the Halo fans out there. Yep. So I I think it'll be really cool to see what they come up with um, whenever the community gets their hands off Forge. 
So I love that. I love that idea, right? Paying the community to come up with stuff. It's just, it's incentive to have more content, which is great. Yeah, I think it would be really cool. I think it works out for everyone because. Uh, mm-hmm. Because, you know, you can reward community members for their work and their commitment to the franchise by giving them some money and some yep. notoriety by being in the game. And also, it you know, it allows the the official development team to work on other things. So I, it's a win-win yeah. all the way around. The one thing that reminds me of uh, really quick is um, Sandstorm's ISMC mod on PC, right? You have community members and things like that creating maps. And then you have the ISMC team doing all the, all the weapons, attachments. So... Um, that would arguably my favorite part of Sandstorm is AI, some CMOD on PC. And this sounds, you know, very similar as far as a community being able to put things in and create things that they want. And it's definitely, like you said, a win-win. Cool. I think so. And then the last quick shop I wanted to talk about, I'll stop doing that. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to talk about was uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And it's a little sad that this is only... Mm-hmm. Uh, a quick shot to be honest because <laughs> usually there's a lot more fanfare and stuff with rainbow six siege seasons but it's becoming kind of less and less uh but they are doing some really cool stuff i wanted to talk about it i appreciate the work that they're still doing again guys we're into year seven on this game yeah. and they're still adding stuff That's uh, with the, with the new season i played a little bit of it last night we got the new operator since and what they do is they have uh a rolly wheel like a fruit loop looking thing that that they roll on the ground and it makes a light wall uh like a like a really effective smoke grenade um and then a new weapon as well and then uh there's a new tdm map and the other thing that was actually really cool that i didn't even think i needed in siege was a was a firing range i know people have wanted that for a long time but in year seven they added a firing range and it was actually really cool because i could take the new operator and the new gun and i could just go in there and i didn't know how it would act i didn't know which muzzle attachment i wanted and i could go through quickly cycle through the floor grips and through the muzzle attachments and pick the one i wanted for less recoil because the gun has a lot of recoil and uh, the best site that I thought, and you can try it at different ranges. Um, there's also a lane where you can uh, shoot at an enemy. You can change their position oh, and, wow. and work on movement and stuff like that. So it's really cool to see this stuff still coming in year mm-hmm. seven. The flip side of that is it's year seven. Where was the shooting range? <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but at least it's there and, and it's really cool. So um, that's good to see. They changed uh, rank 2.0. There's a lot of smaller, more minor changes. Um, but again, it, it's really cool to see them still um updating that game i still do enjoy it the other thing that i wanted to talk about that i have pulled up on the screen um is the anti-cheat update and they committed to this a while back talking about uh bans and ban data and their anti and doing an anti-cheat update every month and they followed through i think that's really cool um you know all games are plagued by cheaters I'm really worried about cheaters in world war three i don't know why that popped into my head but i am um <laughs> don't don't say it but yeah, just don't put that away. Um, but what is cool is that they they talk about it head on. They give people information on what they're doing behind the scenes. And even if you encounter cheaters in Rainbow Six Siege, which you probably will, like any other game, it gives you a little bit of peace of mind that they're still working on it. So I appreciate mm-hmm. it. Um, you guys can see they talk about uh, Battle Eye and data bands. So this has been going on um, since they've been talking about it. Uh, this number really doesn't tell us much because we don't know the exact player numbers, but you can see the trend is down also with probably player numbers and stuff too. Um, but they talk about some of the cheats that they've been seeing and that they fixed um, some of the griefing things where people are being buttholes in the game. 
uh, where you can instant kill teammates and stuff like that. They've all fixed. So if you guys are Rainbow Six fans, you can check on their Twitter and see all the things that they fixed. But um, I just wanted to commend them. They also talked about like data bans and they're using, they talk about, they don't go into it explicitly to give cheaters an idea of what's going on, but they talk God, about man. them using new kinds of data uh, to track people and filter out and find people who are cheating. Um, so it's, it's really cool. There's just a lot of information about how they're combating cheaters and they do this every single month. And mm -hmm. I, think I think it's pretty. That's, that's, yeah, that's great news, especially to see this new content coming in. Things like you said, where was the shooting range this whole time? I'm curious that, you know, they're, they're still keeping up with this much support for the game and the emphasis on features like the shooting range and the anti-cheat. Um, I'm curious if they're just doing some some prep work for maybe like a Rainbow Six Siege two down the road, right? I'm I would I'm hopeful for that, yeah. but I I'm pretty sh I don't I don't think it's Who gonna knows? happen. Who knows? I don't think. <laughs> I think if if you had a if I had to say what I thought Siege was gonna do, I feel like it's going to turn into like a CS:GO where mm. there's not it doesn't have as huge of a player base, but the esport is really big. Just, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, because the the siege esports has been picking up steam and i it's one of the only it is the only esport that i watch I, I like to follow along siege it's really built for that like a competitive game like right. that it's been pretty um, big for all for the entirety of the game hasn't it for the majority of, of the game's life cycle at least yeah it, it, it's picked up steam uh kind of like the whole time uh mm. the esports scene and it helped the game grow too and um i don't think it'll really ever go away um no, it's a great game but yeah, so I I see it I see it fitting into like the, taking the CS:GO route of being like a really hyper competitive esport and still yeah. having a healthy player base kind of based on that, but not it's not something a lot of new uh, shooter players are probably going to want to get into. Yeah, there's there's a huge learning curve. I remember when I jumped into it in uh, summer 2019 because I needed something different before before Modern Warfare. Um, thankfully. I picked it up very quickly and, and was was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, there's a huge learning curve. You got to know all the gadgets, all the operators, things like that, that I didn't really still didn't really pick up uh, fully at all. But it's definitely yeah. in the movement. You know, it's it's not it's not it's not your arcade type shooter for sure. Uh, and and learning the maps is yeah up to huge. And, right. And the angles. So people yeah. can punch a hole in a wall and see through here and like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. But anyway, I think that yeah, that's about all I had. Is there any new stuff that you had or no? I mean, I think we, we covered a lot. I like these these quick shots we covered. I think um my man, like I need I might need to go buy ready or not or something right now. But that's I'm, I'm all pumped up. I gotta go watch some gameplay or something for that. That's my big takeaway. I'm yeah. excited for that game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have it on Steam. We, we should try it sometime. Yeah, I might, I'm might. i going to have to probably get it because I've, I've been watching. I've been keeping an eye on it for a long time, like you said, ever since Big Pride covered the PvP alpha. And uh, it looks like a completely different game, and the energy behind it is completely different. I, it's something I really want to have been meaning to play. So um, I'm really pumped for that for sure. Yeah, I think it's worth trying for games. Every once in a while, you get a game that like changes things. Like, yeah, to, to me, like Tarkov was one of those. Uh, Siege is a really unique thing, mm -hmm. and this one too. So I like to try uh, unique. I can also stuff. see, I can see Ready or Not eventually being ported to consoles too. Um, now I haven't played it, so I don't know how intricate the, you know, the controls and things are. But that's one of those games I, I, I'm seeing the Sandstorm 
Um, what other game did we see come over to consoles? Sandstorm, uh, Hell Let Loose, yep. and pro- you know, World War Three is probably going to be on consoles eventually. I would assume so. Ready or not, seems like it's prime. It's perfect for that console market as well, especially with the popularity behind it. Um, there's a huge market for console players that want games that are realistic like this. So hopefully, that's something we can look forward to down the road. Also, yeah, I hope so too. I I, I hope to see a lot of these PC only games make it to console so everyone can mm-hmm. enjoy them. Yeah, um, for sure. For sure. Uh, do you have a little bit of time to do a Q and A with chat? Yeah. Right? Yep. I got okay. some time. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, guys, if you have any questions or statements or something that you guys want to talk about, um, definitely pop them in the chat and we'll talk about them with you guys for a little bit. Uh, while we're doing that, I just wanted to thank Justin for the super chat 999, dude. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for the support, man. You're always supporting us on Twitter and, and, uh, and everything. I was really kind of you, uh, Lukey diesel power and Michael all with the subs. Uh, super appreciate that guys welcome in thank you so much for that and um also yeah while we're doing the chat q a one thing i hope i haven't really talked to uh buff about it i hope one day we could have a call-in episode i think would be really cool uh where we could have people um the the obs the obs ninja that we use um has a functionality to have somebody like a call screener and have them pipe them through um, oh, nice. So I, I'm going to work on that. Eventually, my dream is to one day have a call-in episode and have a have a big enough audience to do that. I think that'd do be like really a huge fun. Q&A. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I think it'd be really fun. Um, if we got the hang of it, it'd be cool to add like a segment uh, just every once in a while to have mm-hmm. to hit the phone lines. Uh, some some large, large multi-billion dollar company will probably eventually sponsor the phone line. So we'll have to shout them out when we it's I got it built up in my head. It's i love it (laughs) um what did you guys think about 2042 season one says codename brawler yeah we we discussed this a little bit i would definitely brawler go watch the last episode too on on the scope youtube page which i'm sure is linked down below in the description we went pretty in depth with that i think overall we both kind of share the same sentiments that being it was a great update i think it's the direction game we want to see just not enough content right it, it looks like all the all the right stuff is coming just not enough of it is yep. my take yep yep i thought the map was really good uh the only downside i would say to the map is the ver- verticality with the specialists play a little weird sometimes and there's not very much destruction which has been a problem with the whole game in my opinion one of the things that i love battlefield about that it doesn't have much of mm-hmm. uh, but the map overall great uh the amount of content um is borderline offensive to me uh yeah. one gun one map after an entire year uh it it, it feels disrespectful to the community to me mm-hmm. um and i just i don't like how that game plays my system doesn't like it i i don't like the specialist i it just the mouse input still feels floaty and wonky to me um yeah but yeah like i said <laughs> Uh, if I do the if I do the shit sandwich analogy where you say something nice and then something bad and then something nice again, the map is really good. It it gives me hope uh, for the next battlefield. I don't really have a lot of hope for this game based off everything we know about how there's a skeleton crew and stuff working on it. I don't have a lot of hope for 2042, but with this map, it seems like they've learned their lesson and they still know how to make a battlefield map. So it gives me a little bit of hope for the next installment. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm so checked out of 2042 now. You know, I know Justin's always trying to get me to to jump back in and try Hazard Zone, but I'm so checked out. And like you said, the content is just it's good content, but it's just nowhere near enough. Um, it's not it's not something I can justify reinstalling and jumping back in yet. So, right. Um, Chris H asks on a scale of one to ten, how mad would y'all be if Infinity Ward pulled a bait and switch and put a busted 1949 production AK-47 in Modern Warfare 2 as the only AK at launch again. Don't don't say that to me, Chris. <laughs> Please. <laughs> That's my that was my for those of you guys that followed me uh from the beginning, you guys know how critical I was of that that old AK. It was so horrible, especially I mean, thank God we saw the one with the 105 in the trailers and you know, I need I need a Zeneco AK. I need good AK modern AK conversions, like different 100 series AK12. I definitely want a 107 conversion, so that's what I'm hoping for. I'd be, oh man, I'd be super disappointed. <laughs> that's the the only word I can say. Like my like, my excitement level is all all on modern AKs right now, and that would just kill anything I have. Yeah, but. Like it makes sense for all those to be in the game, right? Where they're having like weapon families and platform mm -hmm. upgrades and stuff like that. So we're, it looks like we'll have like all the a lot of the AK family uh, in the yeah, game. Yeah, you, you can give me the uh, a, a crappy, crappy. The game can be as bad as possible as long as I have all my AKs. That's all I want. <laughs> uh, so you're saying a ten? You'd be, you'd be mad. Yeah, I'd be a ten uh michael says uh did you say you could change how weapons react in and handle in halo if that's the case that would be game changing esports side would completely put meta play on its side yeah so that's what it sounds like to me uh from that article and from those leaks about the forge mode uh is that you can actually change and switch weapon attributes across different guns and stuff like that so like i said it sounds like portal but with a lot more flexibility like i mean even more switches and levers and details that you can change yeah that's awesome that's that's really cool to see wonder if they if they had that in mind already or if they saw portal and were like like we need to up this yeah i don't know um that game has been full of delays forge has been expected for quite a while and they're still mm -hmm. waiting on it so i don't know if maybe like they were forge was going to be at launch and then they saw what portal was going to be doing and they took a step back and and then you know delayed it to to add functionality and stuff to it i don't know um yeah. but hope i really hope for the halo community that it is good it gives them flexibility and a lot of content can come from it and it has a good way because honestly all the first person shooters i've played i haven't really played hardly if any modded content like i don't know how to find it i don't know how to get it so i can only imagine like the average player that plays like an hour or two a week is going to have a hard time finding it and that's part of the problem with portal that's part mm. of the problem with those game modes is like i can make a super cool game mode in portal and get all excited about it but if i don't have 32 friends or 64 friends to fill a server i just spin up a server and wait for people to pop into it like that's no fun so right right and then it'll disappear right so yeah so hopefully they give everyone the tools to make really cool content and forge but then they also give the tools to get that out to the players yeah it's really important that's key yep Imagine if the Siege did that, have lines DMR change to shoot like the Vector. Oh, I can only imagine what crazy stuff people would do. <laughs> uh, he said, I'll watch more of the lives to be updated with you people. Hey, thank you so much, Brawler. I really appreciate that. Thanks for sticking with us, man. We're happy to have you. 
Um, Chris says, Halo is weird to me because play it short bursts, but it's basically a live service game without a live service, like Battlefield. It's still bare bones even after all this time. <laughs> oh, Battlefield. Yeah, Chris, it's really it's really crazy. Um, it's starting to get where several several franchises have burned us with live service, right? Like it's starting to be like a trigger word for me when I hear live service. Like, no, please. Um, companies aren't doing well with them. And uh yeah. just not specifying the content uh ahead of time gives them an out, right? Like right. when when you had the premium pass. They said four map packs with four maps, for instance. Well, that's what they have to do. Now with live service, you'll just get free content. That gives them a way out. Like if the game's not performing well, if people aren't playing it, they don't have to do anything and people are using that and it it sucks. Yeah, when it comes to Battlefield, I'd rather pay for that content if it means better content. I don't know I don't know what the I don't know what the issues are going on over there with their live service, but they're they're not that's not we do we even call that a live service i don't think it's fair to even say it's a live service right so nope um anthony bland says have you guys noticed that between halo battlefield and cod the triple a first persons uh cod has been the most successful franchise and it's the only one of the three that never changed their core and only added to it yeah towards the beginning we we said that exact thing and we've kind of alluded to it a couple times throughout the show is that like um there's really no competition for COD. Like Halo and Battlefield have kind of fallen off. Um, and COD's doing their thing. And again, I think COD has gone a little bit less with map content though, right? They used to do the premium uh, with four maps and DLCs that you kind of knew were coming in there. Sometimes now they're only doing one map. So they're kind of doing it a little bit, but mm-hmm. at the same time, they're they're it's allowed Call of Duty the flexibility to put content where the players are. I feel like yeah. uh, Vanguard's only, or yeah, Vanguard is only getting one map for multiplayer, but they're adding a big new map for Rebirth. That's where the players are. They're adding um, a lot of the skins and stuff, so it gives them the flexibility. Call of Duty is really the only uh, AAA first-person shooter right now that's that's keeping people happy, in my opinion, with their live service. Um, yeah, and I I would even go to the extent to say that Modern Warfare is the ones that are delivering the live service. I think if you take Modern Warfare and Warzone, which was, again, basically I view that as an extension of Modern Warfare. If you take those two titles out of there, you're left with Black Ops 4, Cold War, and Vanguard. And yeah, they had live services, but nobody really loved specifically Cold War and Vanguard as games or a lot of the content. So I think if, if we took the Modern Warfare and Warzone out of it, we'd have a different story. Would it still be outperforming as far as live service goes? Uh, Battlefield and Halo? Yes. But I think we, we would have a much closer race if, if it weren't for Modern Warfare 2019 and now Modern Warfare 2, which is definitely carrying Call of Duty uh, in my mind. Right. And that's that's also my, my scare, though. Like, if COD sees that their competition is doing less, does that give them a free pass to do less? Because who's going to care? Because, uh, like there's no better option i worry about that a little bit uh cod kind of having a monopoly over the first i'm thinking like real big picture but like call mm-hmm. of duty having a monopoly over the triple a first person shooter space and no right. competition so they could do even more predatory practices with microtransactions like you know their partner company blizzard does with diablo immortal which is actually insane like we talked about this a little bit like can you imagine <laughs> what's so, like there are people who have 
are paying like 15,000 US dollars to get a five-sided gym in Diablo Immortal. That is a company under the same umbrella as the company that makes Call of Duty, just so you know. Like that's been like scaring me a little bit. Yeah. If call, I really wish there was more competition. I wish Halo was awesome. People were excited. There was a lot of content. Same for Battlefield. I wish it was just a big, healthy ecosystem and developers were pushing each other rather than letting each other have less and less stuff. Um, yeah, competition breed you know, is success for everyone. If you look at like, I love this analogy of like wrestling, right? Back when WWE was battling. WWE, WWF was always king, and then WCW came along, and WWE, WCW overtook, and this competition breeded the golden age of wrestling for all you wrestling fans out there. It's the same thing. You know, 2011, 2012, we had, it was prime Halo versus Battlefield versus Call of Duty, and now it's just only Call of Duty. So, I, I mean, that's a good point. I think the unknown of what Battlefield 2042 was going to be definitely allowed or made Infinity Ward push to give it the best product for everybody. And I would, I would even say like Cold War and Vanguard were definitely lacking with that. But I think we're going to see, we're going to see a product with Modern Warfare 2 that was built to counter whatever Battlefield came out with. Fortunately, Battlefield was dud, but that doesn't change the product that infinity ward want to develop and and honestly i think this is all the more reason that we need to see games like like ready or not like world war three all of those make their way to console eventually to offer more games for the player base which is largely most fps players and players in general i believe are on consoles right um so that that's a big thing as well but i think as far as the triple a space goes battlefield is still the only one i would give i would give the nod to turn it around and give us some more, give us that competition that we desperately need within the triple a shooter space at least. But yeah. You know. And you alluded to brawler's question, like, Oh, uh, will the indie games like those compete with call of duty and battlefield? Probably not from a player standpoint. Um, but they can definitely make waves in my opinion. And a lot of things, um, I could overall see them having an influence on the genre. And what right. I mean by that is if sometimes if larger companies see smaller games that do something really well, they will take that and implement that in their game. Mm -hmm. World War Three is doing an amazing job with customization. I hope they're successful. I hope that that uh, people support that game and it does well and other companies see that and they add it. So I think and you're seeing that with maybe Tarkov and some more of these extraction type game modes that mm -hmm. these smaller companies, while well, maybe they don't they don't take over the player base and stuff like that, they still have an influence on the genre by innovating and adding new stuff. Because as we've seen also, indie studios also have a little bit more flexibility. They don't have like a board of directors looking over them saying, you need to make this much money in microtransactions. They have a little bit more freedom to make the game that they wanna make. So mm -hmm. I still think if those smaller games do have success, they can have a positive impact on the overall like genre. And I think they're those are those smaller games are the ones that are going to have the dedicated player base that's going to go on for years, right? I see myself playing in terms of Sandstorm's game. I'm going to constantly go back to, you know, until they come out with another Insurgency Sandstorm down the road, just because I love that game, and I think it does a lot of great things. Same with Tarkov, and like you just mentioned, Ready or Not is going to be one of those games also. So there's 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 a good it'd be a good impact for all of all of uh the FPS genre, if we have more competition and other games making their way to, you know, PCs and more specifically consoles, because that's where a large player base is. So it yeah. influences the genre, just like you said.
and and like walt said call of duty if left unchecked will degrade over time and that only makes sense right like why 100%. would they do extra work if they don't have to so yeah we're really rooting mm -hmm. for a lot of those games um yeah. chris h uh makes a good point for destiny 2 i'm not as familiar with destiny 2 i've definitely played it a little bit but i didn't really get into the story aspect of it but that is really cool there's a new mission every week for the first couple months of the season it has a nice story and at this point at this point like watching a good tv show every tuesday that's really cool um they've that's definitely cool. supported their game too um a lot with destiny so that's really mm -hmm. cool um nathan asks are you excited for arc raiders what about you um i am um i'm not usually a third person shooter fan but since this game is uh, allegedly or it, it, they've said it's not allegedly it's confirmed that it's going to be pve i don't have as big a problem with it Mm -hmm. um so i think it's really cool it's going to be really neat to see i'm honestly a little bit more excited for the first person shooter that embark studios is working on and see what those former dice developers are going to come up with out from under the ea umbrella mm. yeah i i man i would love to see what if we see a counter to battlefield right with these former dice devs they know the formula what if they what if they come out with their own modern fps how crazy would that be that would be cool. The the snippets we've seen look like a little bit more like fantasy world yeah. uh, stuff, but it would maybe, be cool. Maybe someday, right? <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty neat. Um, I'm hoping uh, World War Three can can uh, show what a good modern battlefield type experience could be. Yes. Yeah, um, and could do. Um, I think the open beta for that game is right around the corner. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely keeping an eye on Arc Raiders. They're doing a lot of innovation over at Embark Studios talking about um, they've showed some really cool videos about how they're using AI to program some of the uh, uh, bad guys or some of the NPCs in the game. Like some of the like the robot spider things were just they just put them on the map with an AI and it taught itself like how to walk and move over maps like they didn't have to animate it and stuff like that. So they're definitely on the cutting edge of, edge of stuff yeah and that's it's awesome. gonna be cool so i i hope they'll be cool at that and then yeah i'm really excited for their first person shooter and some multiplayer stuff from former dice devs the games look amazing of course they do like, graphically they're 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 really good that's i got yeah. i got so hyped for that arc raiders trailer because the song they picked was perfect and it just had a mm. cool that's such a cool atmosphere to it like it was like it 80s retro but like future in space yeah. like it just had a really cool feeling to it so, it was yeah. fun it was really fun yeah, i liked that <laughs> well midnight society and the two-time back-to-back 1993-1994 video game champion six foot eight gaming superstar dr disrespect single-handedly saved gaming probably it's uh at this point i mean it's definitely very very plausible i wouldn't i don't know that. man the nft part of that it's a little irritating but uh we'll yeah see. i don't really we will see i don't really care if the game's good if i don't have to buy them <laughs> yeah that's that's my thing with nfts if you don't like them don't buy them and then hopefully they'll just go away yeah it seems to kind of be worth going in the game in space at least yeah so with the crypto good. crash i think nfts yeah. are only gonna follow and people are realizing that uh, we have no idea why these prices move yeah <laughs> inflation here we go yeah back to politics yeah um so yeah thanks for the questions guys really appreciate yeah. it those were good, great questions. really good questions really packed episode we thought last week was was a, a news 
packed episode this was a real i think this one was even even busier right yeah we talked about a lot of stuff and that's originally yeah. what i thought when starting uh the show is like am i going to be able to come up with enough stuff to talk about every week and so far yeah, pretty like easy if right if yeah if you're covering the whole fps genre like there's a lot of stuff to yeah, talk about and i'm not even that familiar with like csgo and like the valorant scene either and that's like a whole nother thing too so yeah there's a whole nother layer to this that we could get into if Woody does <laughs> endless content for sure for us which is good uh regarding battle passes one last question do you feel the rewards for free and premium passes are balanced should one pass be upped or lowered um it depends on the game uh the stuff in siege is pretty good the bravo packs are nice but overall i've said this on this show before i hate battle passes i hate that trend um i i think they can be really shady because it just it sucks and halo did this right um if you can if you insist on using a battle pass to make it where they don't expire and you can work through them at your own pace i hate how they try to capitalize on fomo and i hate how um there's a there's a situation that could play out where you buy a battle pass for a game <clears throat> battlefield and then uh you don't play it or something comes up and you're busy and you don't get to unlock the stuff and you just donated money mm-hmm. and i i don't like that like i don't like paying money for the chance to get something i mean modern warfare did the same thing and i mean same with the call of duty games now luckily with warzone it's super easy to go through those battle passes but when it was just modern warfare I didn't make it all the way through, I think, season two. But like the amount the amount of comments and messages I get on my YouTube about even in the Discord, like, do you have this skin? Does anybody, you know, I didn't get I didn't get the Agent Orange skin. I didn't get uh this skin or this bundle that was in the store and they never they never cycle back through. It's crazy to me that there isn't a repository of of bundles and things that were in the battle pass that you could just go in and buy because the amount of messages i get is just insane the people that want to buy these but they're not available to buy so i like for the agent orange bundle i have it and people have reached out to me and i'm just giving them away because like you know th- there's skins in there that not everyone had a chance to buy the time that they want so that just goes to show hopefully that's something they do better with modern warfare 2 and just battle passes in general people want that content it should be available at all times yeah yeah, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about with the FOMO. And if like you removed, mm-hmm. if you allowed people to buy stuff kind of a la carte afterwards, it would kind of right. I mean, especially these games. Ultimately, you're there to they want to make money, right? So why wouldn't you, they allow you to purchase it after the fact? It's just it's really really strange. It, I don't know if it was a, specifically. I'm speaking for Call of Duty. I don't know if it was a technical blocker or what the per, what it was. Uh, you know, but that's something that shouldn't that shouldn't be happening. Right. So no, anyway, guys, I think that's an episode, man. That's two hours over. Like I didn't, I was worried we didn't, I was the same. I was worried we wouldn't have enough stuff to talk about, but holy crap. Uh, <laughs> so we went for a while. Uh, thank you so much for everyone being here again, Justin, for your support, uh, Lukey diesel power and Michael for the subs. Uh, thank you guys so much. Uh, viewership was awesome tonight. Uh, we gained viewers the whole night. The Q and a session was awesome. Uh, chat was great. Uh, thanks Mad Max uh, so much for being here man and keeping an eye on those bots uh, you scared him away tonight we really didn't have any any crazy bots in chat which is awesome so it's because uh, of, thanks... of the name Mad Max man yep. didn't want any part of it no he'll drop the band hammer he didn't care yeah. Uh, so yeah appreciate you uh, being here Max and helping us out um, guys that was fun and uh, hopefully we'll be back on track and see you next week we'll keep an eye on the pulse of things again how this goes is I will do my best 
uh, to get this episode uploaded. I, I hope I can get it done tonight so we can upload in the morning to the Scope FOD channel. Uh, you guys should share that around if you want. Also, the audio version will be uploaded very soon within the next day or so to all the podcast platforms. And then if you want to, if there's anything you miss, keep an eye on that VOD channel for the scope because I will be adding clips from some of the stuff we talked about. Maybe you missed it earlier in the episode. I'm going to try to break down some clips and stuff that can go over in there. So um guess you can catch some of the juicier parts of the show. Uh, again, thank you so much for being here. And we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a good one.